ATL Day Ones, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. Welcome to ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanisha. And I just want to say thank you for making ATL Day Ones your first listen of the day. And remember, we are free and available wherever you download your podcast. And wherever you download your podcast, make sure, make sure, make sure, make sure that you leave us a five-star review. We really appreciate you in advance. Coming up on today's show, can the house bounce back from the drubbing that they took from the Toronto Raptors? They got the New York Knicks. No Trey Young sunned them in the playoffs. We'll talk about that. And Terry Fontenot was active at the trade deadline yesterday. But did he make the right move? And last but not least, and for the culture, I never thought this dude would bounce back this fast. <laughs> but before we get to all that, like I said, T, the, the, the Hawks are taking on the New York Knicks tonight. And I think one of the things that we would, I think both of us want to see, I definitely want to speak for you, but I think the one thing that I want to see is is to get the guys that we know Trey Young is starting to heat up. We know DeJounte Murray is doing this thing. I'm not concerned about him, but I think the guys that I'm concerned about and I'm looking for a bounce back game from are guys like Clint Capella, John Collins, and DeAndre Hunter. But you have to have concern about Trey because he's part of the reason that they need a bounce back. When the right. ball is being facilitated through him and he right. has almost half the turnovers for the team, there's a piece there that has to be addressed. And that is something I'm sure he's been working on, on the off season, in the offseason. And I'm sure as time goes on, we hope in the rest of the season that we get ready for the switches that we already know are going to come his way. Once right. he's able to battle his way out of those switches, then he can quickly get the ball to his bigs and allow his bigs to go to work or he can get Dre in involved a little bit more quickly. So I think there is some pressure on him not to just show and prove because I'll be honest with you, I actually like below 30 point Trey more than I like above 30 point Trey mm. because below 30 point Trey means that we absolutely have what we need from the the rest of the starting five or to your point, DJ's fine. So really it's the rest, the, the other starting three. And then I think the other piece there as well, which we've mostly seen DJ be kind of the anchor for uh, the bench mob since you know Bogdan Bogdanovich is still out. So we don't have him leading that second unit. But when Trey is in there, I think that would be a great opportunity as well. If, if Anyeka Okongwu can go as an example for him to kind of hit his stride back and be a little bit more effective uh, as far as like uh, pick and rolls and that sort of thing and Lob City and all that. So I don't know. I'm going to kind of put this back on Trey to say, hey, Trey, I know you want to have a bounce back game in some critical areas so that the rest of the team can bounce back accordingly. You know what? I'm with you. I'm with you on that because I think that in order for the guys that I mentioned to get going, Trey has to kind of kind of take a step back, right? Because at the end of the day, I think Trey needs to understand who he is, right? He's a, a superstar. And a lot of times what we talked about with superstars and, and getting their teammates involved and all that stuff, you got to get those guys involved first because yeah. we know you know you can get yours. You know you can pick and choose and win your spots. We know mm -hmm. you can get to the lane when, uh, as pretty much as you please right. when, when, when things are going right and when your mm -hmm. guys are, are performing. So yeah. I think that's going to open things up. That's why they're out there because they mm -hmm. can help you out to spread the floor and, yep. and not necessarily – so those guys won't be able to trap you and, right. and get that ball out of your hand and start switching everything up. So I think it's 
there are a lot of interesting dynamics when it comes mm -hmm. to Trey um, picking and choosing his spots. And I think that, that that will be a big key tonight against the New York Knicks. And I think that another guy that I, I was kind of a guy a little concerned about, you know, I'm always, I get concerned about Julius Randle, at least in the regular season. You know, playoffs, <laughs> not so much. But when it, comes to, when it comes to the regular season, you know, Julius Randle can go off from time mm -hmm. to time. And that's why I say I think that the, from a defensive standpoint, I think he's the guy that you have to have your eye on along with Jalen Brunson. Yeah, that guy and whoever that X guy is about 11 seats down on the bench, watch for him too because he's probably going to go to the oh, corner. Yeah. He probably circled this game on the calendar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he did. Like, he and Cam Reddish, I saw that Cam Reddish was still listed as questionable along with Quentin Grimes as far as the most recent injury report from the NBA that was released. So, yeah, that's another guy who I think probably has this game circled because I'm sure he wants to give a little bit of payback to his old team if he's actually a go. Yeah, no doubt about it. We would definitely be keeping an eye on that game as they tip off in New York and the, the Hawks, I was about to say the Falcons, um, uh, bring their road trip to a close. Hopefully they're four and three right now. So hopefully five and three. Is, uh, um, tip is at 740 at Madison Square Garden. Now, T, speaking of just kind of making sure to get some get back, I think I was pretty, pretty pleased when I, I came across this story, right? Max Free and Dansby Swanson, what Atlanta Braves got there, got recognized as – some pretty good defensive uh, defensive players. And um, Dansby Swanson finally gets his gold glove. Now yes. this is a, the third straight, I think, for uh, Max Free mm -hmm. from a gold glove standpoint. So um, it's really cool to see Dansby finally get one because, you know, we all know and were clamoring for him to get one last year, but it's pretty cool to see him finally get it. Get his and my first good. thought was, boy, that's one more notch in the agent's belt. <laughs> just racking up. I said advantage, Dansby. Advantage, <laughs> but yeah, it's exciting because, like you said, he deserved it. Remember, uh, in the postseason, we saw that amazing catch from Austin Riley, who, of course, was a Gold Glove finalist, and then Dansby Swanson as well. And it was like, oh my goodness, one A and one B as far as like play of the game, right? So right. yeah, just exciting to see what those guys are able to do, and even Michael Harris the second getting a nomination nod, and Travis Darno as well. But yeah, congrats. Congratulations to Max Free for doing it three straight. I mean, that's something that we don't want to look over because he really is a pitcher that prides himself on playing defense and actually doing a little something at the plate, even for, for all things considered. But congrats to Damsby. And yeah, negotiations just got ratcheted up. You know what, T? And that's what concerns me, right? Because when you think <laughs> right. about it, like, yes, like, like the more and more, more and more you of these things it. start to stack up and you look yeah. at the, the, him having his best season yeah. and, you know, just being that guy and being just a to total guy, like as valuable as let's, let's just throw the baseball stuff out, out, mm -hmm. out of the way, right? right? Throwing it out the window right now and just look at how valuable he is in that locker room. You don't think teams value that, bringing right. that into their locker room? Mm -hmm. Like, Man, you talking about somebody stable, somebody that's a leader, and, and he's balling out. Yeah, you know, and then he's productive, and he's just the quintessential example of what a, a face of the franchise is supposed yeah. to be. Yeah, like I, I think he's he's his stock is just flying, flying up right now, and I think that the Braves are going to have a hard time um, um, getting him under contract. I hope they do. I'm right. not saying that I want him to leave. Right. However, I'm trying to. Look at the facts and kind of say, all right, he got a World Series and he mm -hmm. was able to do his thing and, and get paid. Man, that's all I care about when it comes to uh, professional athletes. Get your mm -hmm. money and get a little winning in as well. Yes. Now, 
And speaking of winning, uh, Georgia is undefeated. They had lost a game. But, T, last night, they uh, college football playoff rankings came out, and uh, they sitting at number three behind Ohio State and Tennessee. And when you think about those rankings, and then that Clemson comes in at four, mm-hmm. which is a little questionable because the ACC is a little weak sauce this year. Uh-huh. And then Michigan at five, Alabama at six, number seven, TCU. T, I don't know about you, but three teams in the top seven from the SEC? Ooh, I don't know if they the college football playoffs know what they're doing with this one, T. Oh, they do? Oh, yeah. <laughs> they do. Come on now. Come on now. Because think about it. Look who they allowed to scratch and claw their way into the top six, which is where that's really where the conversation begins. Right, exactly. Yep. Who's going to ultimately get in the top four, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. TCU, congrats on your 8-0, but guess what? Alabama 7-1 and is always going to be stronger because of the very Indeed. point that you just made, Jarvis, which is regardless of whether Tennessee landed at 1 and Georgia landed at 3, you still have three SEC teams in the top six. And that tells you that really the college football playoff is still saying that's your strongest. Now, I agree with you as well. I was very intrigued by the fact that uh, Clemson got in maybe a little bit ahead of Michigan. Right. That was that was interesting because I do yeah. think Big Ten competition. They've been wrecking shop, so yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, Big Ten competition can definitely be ratcheted up. I think was it uh, Michigan did kind of a number on Penn State, was it? Right. Yeah. Uh, most recently. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. I, that one probably shocked me, uh, maybe even a bit more. But I think in terms of Tennessee and Georgia, it's sort of it was the, Ohio State yeah. that, that smacked up uh, Penn State. And right. I'm sorry. Yes, yeah, so Ohio State yeah, smacked yeah. up Penn State, but. That mm-hmm. actually goes to my point of how good was Penn State looking a couple weeks ago. Right. And that's yeah. the Big Ten. The Big right. Ten actually has some stiffer competition than the ACC, to your point. And I think, too, when I look at Tennessee and Georgia, you know, a lot of times it's the recency effect. So while they ended up yeah. smoking Florida, they didn't smoke them in that third quarter. And sometimes when you see those chinks in the armor, coupled with the fact that there have been a few little questionable hiccups here and there for Georgia, whereas Tennessee just keeps on like getting stronger and stronger. And you've now got Herndon Hooker in the conversation as a Heisman candidate. I don't the leader and some yeah, people's eyes. Right. Yeah. yeah. There, there you go. I can, I can see why they went in that direction and then, okay, this is going to be a Jarvis Davis special. Okay. I think it was a little hashtag petty myself. I'm just saying, <laughs> you know, what? cause be, be, cause to be honest with you, like you said, I think I think I'm with you because I think the college playoff voters they know what they're doing because two of those teams in the top four play each other this weekend and somebody's right. gonna take an L. So <laughs> yes. that's, that, it tells you how much they think about Tennessee, right? Yes. Like because if you would have put Georgia at one and Tennessee at three, mm-hmm. Tennessee is out of it more than likely if they would if they lose to Georgia this weekend. But if Georgia loses. Uh, to Tennessee this weekend is Georgia out the team that's right. been the number one team yes pretty much for most of the year so mm-hmm. I think that it's a lot of little different scenarios and of oh, course yeah. Michigan has an opportunity to get in because they play Ohio yep. State as well so yeah it's a lot of moving and shaking on going down like the, mm-hmm. this 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 ranking matters but it, it does. really doesn't matter yeah. <laughs> right. It, right. It, it, right. it matters and it doesn't matter because you made a great point it's all about positioning and kind of them tele almost telegraphing some of the things that are going to happen in say the next week or two so hey if we position these teams where we want them to be in the college football ranking maybe at the end of the season even ahead of the championship games that could bode well in terms of how we shift them and how we love to try how they love to try to justify 
some of those rankings, which of course we know the rationales change every week. No doubt about it. Now, T, I think that, you know, Terry Farno was a lot busier than a lot of people thought he would be at the trade yeah. deadline yesterday, but we're going to have to have a conversation about whether or not he made the right move. But before we do that, we got to talk about betonline.net. It is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs, find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. T, I'm sitting up here looking at this website, right? So I'm checking things out, trying to see what's going on. How about this? Los Angeles Chargers are favored by three points to beat the Atlanta Falcons. I'm chilling. I'm sitting up here like, all right, okay. So Justin Herbert, yeah, he's really good. Um, but he's struggling this year. And then you got Mike Williams. He's out. Keenan Allen, he's been in and out, out mostly throughout this year. So they got Austin Eckler. All right, I'm like, okay, I'm trying to figure some things out here. So if you're trying to figure things out like me, I need you to go to betonline.net because they're going to give you all the information that you need in order to make the right decision so you can make some bread because BetOnline continues to be the top online source for all your sports wager information for live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts. You guys listen for us, listen to us. For all your information in regards to Atlanta sports, y'all listen to our podcast every day. If you don't, you're missing out. All right, but what you need to do for betting, go to Bet Online. They have all podcasts giving you all the information you need. So head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today because Bet Online is where the game starts. And as you guys can see, Jarvis and I are thoroughly shocked at how the Chargers are three-point favorites when aren't they playing this game in the bins with a team that yes. just keeps figuring mm -hmm. out ways to win? Right, and yeah, figure it out. Yeah. A team whose true co-brand, co-builders, Terry Fontenot and Arthur Smith, made what I believe were some solid moves. One was a surprise, but still I don't say it's a bad move with what they could potentially get right. So right. all eyes were on Flowery Branch on Tuesday to see if the Falcons were going to make any moves ahead of the NFL trade deadline, which of course was 4 p.m. Eastern time yesterday. Now we get all the way through the afternoon and then all of a sudden, it starts the flurry, the flurry, the flurry <laughs> for all of the teams, right? And so you're checking it out. And then you see a little flurry for the Falcons. You see that the Falcons actually went and got did a little something. We know that uh, they needed some help at corner. So they went out and got Rashad Fenton from mm -hmm. the Chiefs. And we also know that, well, this was a little bit interesting. So I definitely want to hear your take on that. Yes, Dean Marlowe did some questionable things uh, at safety. But hey, I mean, Just you know. Right. But we know also, <laughs> but hey, dude might be winning because he's on his way to Buffalo. But that could also indicate for us that Jalen Hawkins is maybe on his way back. And then this was a little bit of a surprise. We knew that the Falcons, well, we pretty much knew that the Falcons would probably move on from Cal Ridley. But of course, I think most of us thought they would move on for Rid from Rid at the end of the season. But in a little twist, they decided to send him over to the Jaguars because they could potentially have as high as a second round pick in the 2024 draft. There's, you know, some conditional picks there. So right. let's break that down. Let's go first with Rashad Fenton, because you and I both said that we thought no move or a minor move would be perfectly OK, especially if it was a veteran corner. And so they get Rashad Fenton from the Chiefs looked like feels like a solid move to me. No doubt about it. And it was a smart move because you, you, you're you taking a look at your roster and the guys that you have playing, the guys who are getting playing time right now as guys are out. And I think that, you know, corner was definitely a position of 
of need, right? Yeah. If you if for the right fit. And mm-hmm. I think that Rashad Fenton is that guy. He's a guy who's a veteran in the NFL. Yeah. He's a guy that has had, I think he's had five starts this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's a guy that a lot of people say, okay, so why are they getting rid of this guy? So I started doing a little research. So they have a Kansas mm-hmm. City has a lot of young guys yes. that are playing this year that yep. they really like. So and they want to get those guys more playing time. So right. Rashad Finn was the the last last man out, right? So first man yep. in, last man out. So I think I think that that's one of the things that you have to pay attention to when teams make these deals. Mm-hmm. And I think that it benefited, it mutually benefited both um both teams. So mm-hmm. when you have a guy like Fenton coming in, he's a guy that you know can you can go in and you can start and say, hey, I know, I know what I'm getting with this guy. And mm-hmm. He's a guy that can come in and, and play some different type of schemes for you for as far as DMPs go. Cause we know he likes to play multiple, likes to play man, likes to play zone. Now offending struggles in the zone and the man a little bit, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of other there are other guys that struggle in, in that department as well on this team. So I think DMPs will find a way for uh for him to make fit and be uh, a solid contributor to this defense. And of course, Dean Marlowe, we are looking at the back of his jersey because he's headed out the door and to the Bills. But we saw a lot of the back of his jersey when really we should have seen the front of his jersey because we should have seen his head turn around to try to defend the ball. Unfortunately, we didn't see that enough this fall. So he is headed up north. But again, I can see where that move would have been made. And I think that was a solid move as well. I don't think the Falcons lost anything there. Yeah, not at all. And and, and as far as Calvin really goes, I think that that's the thing that this is another a deal that I think that was mutually benef- mutually yes, beneficial agreed. because a lot of people were trying to complain about all the compensation and all these conditional mm. picks, but I was like, look at the situation. Yeah. Look at this. this is a very unique situation. The man has been suspended for gambling. You don't know what Roger right. Goodell feels are and whether or not he's going to immediately reinstate him. So Jaguars had to put language in that in that particular deal so they can they can cover themselves. Mm-hmm. And so did the Falcons as well. So they they and they did that. So hey, if because is in the in the in the 2023 draft, mm-hmm. it can be a, up to a fifth round pick. Right. The reason why it's low because they have to pay 11 million dollars. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they have to pay their 11 million dollar salary and and I think that if they get if they're able to if he's able to get reinstated by a certain date He's mm-hmm. going to be a fifth-round pick. Yes. Cool. That's fine. And then the following year, if he balls yeah, out, yeah, we yeah. all know Cal is he- healthy. He's going to ball. He's going to, Especially exactly. if he's in a mental place because he's yes. at home. He's in mm-hmm. Florida. Yeah, he's from Fort Lauderdale, but he up in Duval. So, hey, right. them folks rock with each other. So, from time to time, I think they'll be able to come together and, and mm-hmm. root for that guy in, in his home state. So, yeah. I think – and then that second-round pick, it turns into a second-round pick that yep. if they're able to re-sign him yes. um, to a, a long-term deal. So, it works out. If everything works out, both sides get what they want. And I think that the Falcons will be perfectly fine. Kudos to Terry Farno mm-hmm. for making smart moves yesterday. Yeah, I would agree. And there are so many times and so many different situations where we all scratch our heads and say, my goodness, we didn't get anything for that player, Matt Ryan. So when you think right. about the position that Terry Fontenot was in at the beginning of this season, where really he was kind of hamstrung and was trying to get out of that Matt Ryan contract and, you know, kind of move him on. And then you fast forward to where we are about midway through the season and he's able to broker a deal like this. And it's all of the little moves in between, right? 
all of the little things that he's done to kind of offset and give himself some space with the uh, salary cap and just move on for players and from players and not just say, hey, I'm going to hang on to him for the sake of hanging on. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And we move forward. And again, we all knew Ritter was gone. It's just that we didn't anticipate that he'd be gone this soon. But it is what it is. And I think that this roster's rounding out. And again, I heard a few people kind of sigh and say, dang, sure would have been nice to get Bradley Chubb sigh sure would have been nice and is nice that you don't get that contract because right. guess what whoever signs them Dolphins, they are literally probably were at the table saying hey we need to re-talk to this guy about exactly talk to this guy about <laughs> like, come on now. <laughs> yeah, and that's just not a situation no, no, no. that the falcons maybe wanted to find themselves in so again mm-hmm. if you were somebody who felt like they needed to do something big I don't necessarily agree with that because the Dolphins are in a different situation. They are buying for a competitive AFC title, right? An AFC like Super Bowl. They trying to get to the Super Bowl. Yeah, that, to, that could right. legit up against it with 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 the Buffalo Bills. Whereas right. this is actually a more manageable division win for the Falcons. If you compare them to the rest of their division, they're not that far off. So why give up that much capital when you simply do not have to? And another thing that you don't really have to do is not watch Locked On Atlanta sports. Why? Because we're great. And so, of course, you want to watch us, right? That's actually something you should do. And you know what? Jarvis and I actually think that the guys up in Flower Ranch they probably pay attention to us and uh, pretty much everyone. Of course on they the do. Yeah. Network. So again, do like the Falcons do and listen to us. But of course, your next listen should be to check out Locked On Sports, the podcast. It's the biggest stories of the day. And you have to know that not just yesterday, but today and probably for the rest of the week, they're going to be reacting to some of these bombshell monster trades that have gone on in the last not just 24 hours but even the days leading up to the trade deadline they're going to give instant reaction and then of course big game recaps so whether that's a sunday game or monday day monday game you're going to hear it from these guys talking about the biggest and the best in the league and they have their own version of for the culture they actually call it take of the day and so that crew is going to give you all their thoughts about what has gone on in the day you watch so that's available just like we are on the odyssey app over on youtube and of course wherever you guys download your podcast so don't forget after atl day ones next up locked on today locked on sports atlanta family public announcement we need your help we're at 4750 some odd subscribers we need to get to 5000 you guys have gotten us this far. We need y'all to help us out. If you have not liked or subscribed to our YouTube channel, please go there and do so right now. Stop being lame. Go and get with the cool kids. But T, this is for the culture. It is the intersection between sports, entertainment, and the culture. Sometimes whatever you know, we want to talk about because that's just how we get down on this show. Today is no different. Right. Email Doka. <laughs> if you all don't remember, that was the dude that Right. Messed around with the the owners person. Just the, just it's just so many rumors going around to y'all. I barely I feel dirty even dirty repeating side, it. Right. So I'm not gonna even get into that. The man was suspended by the Boston Celtics for a year, and we all know what's going on with the with the Brooklyn Nets and the drama mm-hmm. with uh wanting general managers fired, Kevin Durant, right. they're telling them no, and then right. Kyrie Irving, right? And he's yes, making no. the comments, and just he just it's just a lot of crap. And then you got Ben Simmons to add to all that too, T. Like, 
It is just so can't stay on the darn court. <laughs> like like the NBA, it's it's almost as if the NBA just said or the Brooklyn Nets just said, you know what? NFL getting too much doggone good press. <laughs> they just getting all the attention. They trending everywhere on Twitter. How about this? Uh, Adam Silver said, hey, uh, uh, Brooklyn, go ahead and drop that bomb that y'all been waiting to do. <laughs> they fired Steve Nash. And then immediately <laughs> after that news come out, the right. Woj dropped a Woj. I can't even call it a bomb. No, like, this has to be like a Woj, like detonator, uh, <laughs> end of world. Resurrection, construction, yeah. whatever big words you want to use, and, yeah. and say that they're gonna work out a deal by midweek to sign Ime Udoka as their head coach. T, what the hell is going on? You know, I would so rather have problems like <laughs> Trey has to work on switches, we're waiting for Bogdan Bogdanovich to come back. Those are the issues that I like to have over here with the this team. We stay out of that nonsense and that foolishness. Oh, my goodness. On the other hand, I mean, Travis, you just named it all. It's like the ultimate oh, soap man. opera already. And right, so then right. you're going to bring a soap opera. Six, seven all- games in, Tutti. Not like I around just, the trade deadline, 20 no. games in, where you know what yeah. you have in the team. No. Six to seven games I mean, in. Come on. It is. That's a clusterfuckle. I mean, that is an yes, absolute clusterfuckle. And I just want somebody, one of my BK friends, I just want you guys to reach out oh, to Garvin, drop it in the comments, tell us something because we need answers. We are confused. And I think oh. the world is probably a little bit confused. And don't get me wrong, we do know all in all, he's still a good coach. And right, yeah, winning, no doubt. Yeah, all jokes aside. Yeah, winning <clears throat> good cures jokes, everything. by the way. I think. Right. Winning cures everything. But you have to wonder if you really want to step into the muck and the mire of that situation and bring that potentially over to your team where you are, despite having Kevin Durant and a Kyrie Irving, you're still the second to- number two on the totem pole in right. amongst the five boroughs and even right. in, in New Jersey. Right. Right. Know why? Just I'm just gonna leave it at why. <laughs> and, and then to add to the, the NBA petty, because we talk about the NBA petty on this show uh, quite a bit, and it's very entertaining, and we love talking about it. Right. I came across a post yesterday. So apparently, um, Brooklyn Nets. Somebody posted there was a job posting for a PR director, and I'm sitting up here like, <laughs> you know me, I'm being silly. I reached out to our guy Arthur Trish, and I was like, hey man, uh. I got a job. <laughs> you know, what you think? And uh, I can't even say what his response was, but let it know. I uh, had a good laugh about it. <laughs> oh, my God. Not for all the, as my mom would say, not for all the tea. Right. <laughs> no, sir. AT, stay right here. Yes, yes. Uh, please don't. Mm-mm, no, no, uh-uh, no. We don't. We don't want you to go and deal with that T. <laughs> you gotta love it. You gotta love it. So yeah, you know, this was one quick question I have for you as we get as we wrap up, right? right. So mm-hmm. we're kind of watching on and off the World Series, and of course the yeah. Phillies are up one, blew the Astros straight out the building in Philadelphia last <laughs> night, and so now they've got a two to one lead. But I was sitting there like, man. Yeah. Will it make the Braves country feel better if the Phillies go on to win? Because you're like, well, heck, at least they smoked everybody and not just us. Or would you feel better if the Astros won? Because you're like, ha, ha, ha. you might have blown everybody out. But guess what you didn't get? And guess what we got last year? I don't know. Where do you stand? 
To be honest with you, like I I, I haven't watched the game. I said yeah, that I want I was as soon as I found out the Phillies that well, they were gonna make the World Series, yep. I was like, Not which I that. knew they would. I, I said I can't watch it. But yeah. I think that it is it is interesting that mm-hmm. the Philadelphia is finally getting some return on an investment yeah. with Bryce Harper because Bryce yeah. Harper is just yeah. he's the dude. He's mm-hmm. that dude, and I think he's about on pace to break a record for most home runs hit by uh, a Philadelphia Philly in the postseason mm-hmm. season, uh, run. So yes. yeah, like it is kind of cool to see it because I've always mm-hmm. liked Bryce Harper. I know yeah, people yeah. don't really care yeah. for him, but I've always liked him yeah. as a player right. and an individual. He just plays mm-hmm. for the Phillies now, who I absolutely despise. But yeah, but yeah, so I think it's it. I wouldn't celebrate it, but if they win, I'm like, eh, it makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, right. And it's one of those things where I like Dusty Baker as a manager, so I wouldn't Love mind Dusty, seeing man. him get Love a Dusty. World Series title. But you all know I do hate on Houston all day, every day, and the Astros <laughs> will be no different. So I guess by default, that kind of means I'll be okay with the Phillies and be okay with the Braves country being able to say, hey, at least they blew out everybody and not just us. So right. listen, guys, we are so always excited to talk each and every day to you guys about anything on the sports scene here in Atlanta. So as we get more information and kind of hear more rationale about what the Falcons are doing, definitely we'll bring it to you. But, and of course, hopefully a win from the Hawks to wrap up their road trip. But it won't come from me. It will actually come from a myriad of guests who are going to be joining Jarvis over the next week because your girl is about to go get a her did, about to go get her nails did, and about to go home. So, guys, I am headed oh, to New Orleans for homecoming. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to tap out. And uh, you guys have an awesome time with Jarvis and our amazing guests. And real quick shout out to Roddy White. Happy birthday to the Falcons legend. Hot Rod. Y'all make sure y'all come back. I know Tanisha. I know y'all love Tanisha. But please come back. I'm still going to be here. He will. He <laughs> will.